You're listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all your latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Rachel's season and interviewing all your favorite past Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants. Now, here's Reality Steve. Podcast number 35. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, we just surpassed 4 million downloads since we started this back in December. Uh, and that's thanks to all you guys. Uh, glad I can entertain you in some way. The guests have obviously been a huge part of that as well. And this week, we have our second former lead joining us. You first saw him on Ashley Hebert's season of The Bachelorette. Then he became The Bachelor number 16 the following season. It is Ben Flanick. Ben, thanks for joining us. Steve, what's up, man? How you been? I'm well, buddy. Thanks. Uh, plenty to cover with you. As I'm not sure you're aware of this, but all of my of all the podcast guests I've had in the last seven months, your season of girls ties for the most I've had of any other season. I've had three of your girls on. I've had Casey on. I've had Jacqueline on, and of course I've had Courtney on, which we'll get to later. Um. I've had three of Juan Pablo's girls as well. No real rhyme or reason, just kind of worked out that way. But I'm going to bring up some of the things that uh, they had mentioned about your season and when we get sure. to that. But let's first begin with Bachelorette. Um, I ask everyone this, and I'm curious about you as well. How did you get cast for Ashley's season? I can't imagine you openly did this. Was this your, was your sister submitting you? Yeah, How did it have been? Okay. This was my sister's idea. Um, way back when, and probably I think that process started in 2010. Yeah, I th- uh, yeah, I think so. It would have been 10. She, she put me on, and then I remember we um, we shot like a little uh, video back and you know back at the winery in the winery days. Sent it in, and then you know you just kind of go through the the steps and multiple interviews and the finals weekend and all that kind of stuff. And I, it's funny because you know I've formed relationships with some of the producers post show and. I think some of them that night of thought that I was going to be one of the ones that was chopped because I think they bring like 30 and, and then there's 25 to go the last night or something like that. Yeah, they, they always have alternates. It's usually anywhere between two and five alternates ready to jump I think, I, think I think I might have been an alternate at that point. And then, then look where it ended up. Yeah. How, how, I mean, why did they ever say why they thought you weren't going to make it or why you were kind of on the fringe? Well, I don't, I don't know if they were just messing with me or not, but um, uh, I, I, they didn't give me any real reason. They just they, and a they didn't they didn't think I was going to make it to the first night and then out of the first night. <laughs> so, well, what about you? Did you think you were going to make it out of the first night once you got cast? Um, once I once I showed up that evening, I was yeah. like, no way, I'm a goner. I was like, I, I can't compete with a lot of these peeps. And then I realized, like. After the first night, you get to know some of them. You're like, oh, man, a lot of these guys are chiefs. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, had you watched Brad's season? Like, did you definitely want it to be Ashley or how was um, that? I did, I did watch Brad's season. Um, I was kind of impartial to, to who it, it was going to be. I figured, you know, this is going to be a crazy, crazy journey, crazy ride. Um, Ashley ended up surprising me, man. She's she's very, very sweet and still very cool. And I talked to JP um, fairly often when I'm, when I'm on the East coast, we, we share a love of, of mollusks and oysters and things like that. Mm. Wow. So I didn't they're know. good. 
Yeah, I didn't. I got. I didn't know you were still. Uh, I didn't know you were in contact with JP. That's cool. Um, I knew there were obviously some other guys from your season that you definitely ha- have remained friends with. I didn't realize that you had kept in touch with JP. That's cool. Um, yeah, not not quite as much, but you know, we're, we're buds. Um, Lucas and Constantine are, are very much uh, my my very close friends, and Lucas Lucas especially. Lucas and I chat shit twice a week. Um, I was in his wedding, and he's just he's a stud. Love yeah. Now. You were at what point in the process did you find out it was going to be Ashley? Because I can't remember I'm losing track of when she was officially announced. It was probably on the after the final rose of Brad's season. So when did you officially find out it's going to be Ashley? Were you sitting in the hotel? Uh, I th- I can't remember exactly. It was either like the finalist weekend of casting or in the hotel. No, you know what? You're right. It was in the hotel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like you had probably heard, you know, who obviously you had had an idea who it could be, and then you know, yeah, going in. really had no idea. Um, were you kind of like Bentley in that maybe you wanted Emily to be the Bachelorette? <laughs> no, you know me. Like, I'm I'm more of a brunette guy anyway. So oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's funny because when you think of Ashley's season, the first thing that comes to mind for people, um, I think at least, is everything that went down with Bentley. And did you have much of a relationship with him in the house? No, not really. I haven't heard that name in a long time, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of weird. That, yeah, I wonder what that guy's up to. It, it, um, it, no, I, you know, I, I, I paired off with Constantine and Lucas and, and some of the guys early, so I didn't have much interaction with him. He kind of kept to himself, too. Were you as surprised or when, when the show started airing, or maybe you saw it when it was filming, were you aware of his antics like what was going on with this guy? No, no, not at all. Again, like I kind of like I, I stayed in my own lane. Uh, I thought that was the best course of action for for the show, and so I didn't really concern myself with with anybody else. Um, did you? Were you surprised or like when Ashley seemed to take a liking to him? And, yeah, and he was basically kind of on off his on his own. Were you and and the other guys that you were friends with? Were you guys like, what is going on? Like, did she really like him? Were you surprised that she was attracted to him and was so hung up on him for at least the first well, few episodes? I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, he was he was a pretty cool guy, despite being kind of recluse. But yeah, um, I remember like after he like crushed crushed her soul or whatever it was in yeah. like the third episode. I was like, oh man, like. Now I feel like I'm second fiddle or whatever, maybe third or fourth or twenty fifth. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's weird. And then in my own experience on on Bachelor, right? Like you never want to feel like a consolation prize. So it's tough. As the season's going along, where did you feel you were in the process? Like, did you think you were a front runner? I mean, Jace, JP seemed pretty low key because the Bentley storyline seemed to dominate the first half of the season. It almost seemed like JP kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Did you in the house, where did you feel you were and where did you feel JP were as you guys were going along? Um, I didn't really know where JP was until probably the last three episodes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt good about my chances you know i was a creative dude and had a winery and all kinds of fun things going on for me you know california kid blah 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 so um i felt i felt good about my chances primarily or i guess 
the majority of the majority of the way. Okay. And was there any particular moment, do you remember any particular moment where you kind of said to yourself during the process, I remember what episode it was or anything like that, where like, okay, this is, you know, this is real. I'm starting to fall for her. Um, when was that? That's a good question, man. It's been so long. I know. I was going to say, I know it's been six, seven yeah, years and I'm not really, I'm not really hung up on, on Ashley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I shouldn't be. Um, yeah. Dude, that's I because I, I'm trying to remember. Like, can you refresh my memory in terms of what one-on-one date did you have? I remember all the locations you guys went to. Yeah, maybe it was Thailand. I had a one-on-one date in Thailand, and that was pretty epic. Okay, and I was like, oh, this chick's cool. I can uh, I can hang here. <laughs> uh, it must have been like Thailand, where I was like, yeah, I could I could see myself. I'm not necessarily like falling in love with her at that point, but but being pretty stoked about the relationship. Time to talk about Psychic Source. I think we can all agree love is confusing as hell. Wouldn't it be nice to have a personal advisor at your fingertips? Psychic, psychic Source are extremely confident they'll get your questions answered. Take it from their spokesperson, Tori Spelling, who openly relies on their guidance for quite some time now. It's nice to know what's coming and be able to talk things through with somebody who's unbiased, kind of like myself when I give my Dr. Reality Steve advice. But hey, not to mention, they're willing to give you a discounted introductory rate, 75 cents a minute plus three minutes, first three minutes, and guide to psychic readings free. So try out a private confidential phone call or online chat reading anytime, 24-7. If you're not happy, they'll refund you so you have nothing to lose. Or you can browse PsychicSource.com to check them out before you create an account. Take a chance that could change your life. Try Psychic Source for just 75 cents a minute. Get your first three minutes and a guide to psychic readings free. Just mention promo code Steve when you call 844-897-8206 or sign up online at PsychicSource.com. At what point, maybe it wasn't until after the fact when it was over, that you really... You know, the the talk has always been the, the bachelor bubble that you're in out there when you're on the yeah. show filming, that you're not really when you only have one girl to think about for two months, you're you you know, you convince yourself that you're falling in love with this person and then you get out of there and you're like, Whoa, wait a second. I don't even I barely know her. I barely spend any time with her. You know, it's right. for you, I think the biggest thing for you is, you know, we get to that final rose ceremony day, and I've had a few people that have gotten to the end as podcast guests, so I asked them you know, all, all the same thing. Um, when you woke up that morning, did you think Ashley was picking you? A hundred percent. I had, I had no doubt in my mind. Really? I think that's probably why I had the reaction. Yeah. I was, I was very confident in that. And I, that, that proposal is just cringeworthy. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to, so hard to think about that. But, um, a couple of years ago I, I watched it in some, capacity with friends or something like that or the clip showed up or and and uh, and there's like two parts to that proposal it's like will you marry me and then uh there wasn't any she didn't say anything and i was like oh fuck she's gonna say no yeah and so and then i like threw in and make me the happiest man <laughs> on planet earth or world i don't know i don't remember what i said but but that came in afterwards because i was like oh no this is happening yeah. Um, I, it's weird because you were, I mean, looking back on all Bachelorette seasons since there's been, I think, there's, think there's been six since you or maybe five, but you were the last one to actually get a full proposal in before getting dumped. 
Like nobody, uh, nobody gets to that point that you did where you were literally on one knee, said the words because, and we'll, and we'll get to it in a second, but yeah, you were, so to get to that point, you had obviously one of the more angrier responses from anyone that has ever gotten rejected on that final day. Do you remember your classic line? Uh, yeah. Good things don't end unless they end badly. Correct. <laughs> That's a point for you that you remembered that. Um, now was, that was, was, your... that was on the spot, man. I love, I love that. I still, I still believe in that. No, I, it's a great line. And, but when you said it and your anger afterwards where you were, you kind of stormed off and, was the anger based out of uh, embarrassment? Did, did you feel let on? Like, what was your, why were you so mad? Yeah, I felt tricked. Um, oh. I felt tricked. And and only because, I mean, like, that, obviously that's the show and that's, and that's how it goes. But yeah. I also, like, you know, when you when you befriend producers and stuff like that, I, I was like, man, and clearly they're not going to give you the heads up and they know what's going on. But I was like, fuck, dude, this is brutal. Like, why didn't, I thought we were friends. Like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. So, but but I, I understand that you're making television. And so was it a case of you were nudged into a direction where they made you believe that if you proposed, she was going to say yes? Is that no, what? it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a nudge. Um, oh, that was that was all that was all me. Oh, okay. I figured I figured why, why the hell not? You know, let's see this thing through. That's remarkable that no one's had to go through that. No, I mean, well, here's the thing. And and, and I only know this because I I keep track of stuff like this because it's my job. But I went through it again. And of the last seven Bachelorettes, I'm not counting Rachel's season going on right now because I don't know. I mean, I know who she chose, but I don't know how the ending plays out in terms of did both guys uh, show up and, and whatever. But so we're talking about Allie, Ashley, and then Emily, Desiree, Andy, Caitlin, and JoJo. Only three of those seven even allowed the final two guy to even show up that day. The other four were able to go to him and say, look, I, I want to spare you your feelings. I, I, I've fallen for somebody else. You don't need to go there. So the th- other two that did outside of you that got to the final rose ceremony that day were Nick when he showed up for Caitlin, which was at the mansion. And he started talking and she basically, right before he was about to start kneeling down, she said, don't. And then Jojo with Robbie last season um, he never got to propose, but he did show up that day. So, yeah, I mean, you really, they really let you have it. I mean, to to, yeah. to go through everything that you did. Do you, and and I don't know if you know this. Do you know that no bachelor has ever been allowed to let his final two girl go early? Do you know why that is? I don't. Neither do I. Like, I'm curious. Um, I have no. They I also, but, you know, like, when I, when I think about it now, like, I don't think they would have made me the bachelor had that not happened. Yeah, it was like. Oh, gut wrenching, crushed. Uh, he's he's hurting. Let's give him an opportunity. I mean, they they very well could have pulled someone else. So yeah, I mean, you had a storyline. You had a built in storyline of oh, right. Got to the end, heart crushed. Is he ever going to find love? You know, stuff like that. So we know that's how they use it uh, in storylines going forward. But it sure is. It is interesting that they they'll allow the bachelorettes to let their final two guy go early, but they've never in the history of 21 seasons of the bachelor, they've never let him let his final girl go early or his final two girl. He has to, they both have to show up that final day coming out of a, you know, a limo or a helicopter or whatever it may be. And they have to get rejected there on, you know, whatever the altar. And it's just, I've I've always found, uh, yeah, I've always found that weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
So something weird happened after your, fin- uh, actually the night your finale aired. And I remember this, spe- I remember this specifically because she's always been an all time crush of mine. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt started tweeting up a storm about how sad she was for you that night. Like, as the finale's happening, she's essentially live tweeting it. And she even made a reference that she would, I mean, she made it known that she was into you. And and come to find out after that, there were rumors that surfaced that in between the ending of Bachelorette and before you started filming The Bachelor, that there was something going on with you and her and you guys did meet up. Now, it's just the two of us and a gazillion listeners. I don't, I don't need, I don't want any details or any kiss and tell type stuff. But can you at least confirm that you guys did meet? Yeah, totally. I can confirm that. Was it a dating thing, or was it just like, hey, I'd like to meet you because I felt bad for what happened to you? No, no, no. We chatted. We went on a, a couple dates, and you know, I was scheduled to leave for the Bachelor fairly shortly thereafter. Um, but we had a nice time. She's she's super cool and sweet. We had a lot in common and, and had some had some fun dinners and things like that. She came up to the winery and it's so funny. Like I I don't think I don't remember this stuff. I don't think about it ever. But <laughs> thank you for bringing it up because like it's, it's it's an amazing story when you think about it. Like I you know I grew up in, in the can't hardly wait era in high school watching. Oh yeah, whatever her name her character name was walk through the walk through the high school doors going oh man yeah. and then you know. A few years later, you're having dinner with her. It's pretty nuts. No, I, I mean, she was, wow. she was it for me. She, I mean, she, she was. The, I'm so jealous of you. Like, I can't, I can't believe that happened to you. I remember it specifically that that night. I remember seeing her tweets. I'm like, oh my god, she's like hard up for Ben now. Like, this is crazy. And I, and then, and then I was like, oh, okay, she's probably just saying stuff or whatever. And then all of a sudden, these tabloid stories come out. Like, there was reports, and I don't even remember if there was pictures or something. But yeah. The dawn of direct messaging on Twitter, my man. It was Yeah, that was like your season was kind of the start of that where Twitter kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean well, congratulations for the uh Jennifer Love Hewitt dates. God, I'm so jealous. And and not only that, like literally well, we'll get to it in a second when we talk about your season, but um two of my all time crushes. Like one both uh you know, we have Jennifer Love Hewitt and then People that know me and people that have followed my site and even my podcast know that I've always had a thing for Emily O'Brien, who was one of your girls on your season. And you've mentioned that quite a few times. Yeah, quite a few times. I've just, oh, I just, and I've met him. I met Emily for the first time last year. Uh, she was in Dallas for work, and we had met up. And you know, Emily's married now, and and we've we were friends a little bit before that. We finally met out. We had dinner. I just a great girl, and didn't change my opinion of her at all when I met her. But obviously, she's taken, so it's not like it's any sort sure. of possibility. But um, it's just so weird that I'm kind of living vicariously through you that you got to uh, be with two of the girls that I would totally be with if I could. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're Pretty both bad. married, and Jennifer's got kids and whatnot. So um, how soon? How soon after the Bachelorette ended filming did they start talking to you about Bachelor? Um, a few weeks, maybe. Uh, I think, I think I accepted it probably a few weeks afterwards. So it was short. So was it somebody that like, it was pretty much you like uh, Constantine was definitely not going to be the bachelor and he finished third and then Ames was fourth. He was never going to be the bachelor. So they didn't really, I mean, do you know anybody else that was involved 
like did they make you think that oh might be we might go with somebody else or were they pretty set on you? I think they were like chatting with Ames or I'm sure they had backups in, in case like the contract stuff didn't didn't work. But um, to my knowledge, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was like the front runner there. How much convincing did it take you to get you to do it? Like after you had been burned, were you like, hey, wait a second. I, now I got to jump back in with you guys who, you know, I thought you were my friends and all this. I mean, or was it a simple yes? Um, I don't know if it was a simple yes, but. But it, you know, I took a few days to weigh weigh the options. Um, I really enjoyed the Bachelorette, man. It was a, it was a great experience in, in traveling the world and getting to know you know some some good guys and Ashley and made some you know made lifelong friendships with with some of the producers and um, just a, just a crazy story. And I figured, you know what, you're I think I was like 28 or 29 at the time. Like this is never going to happen again. I kind of rationalized it and I thought that like, all right. The Bachelor's is kind of a, a cool thing because you can go on and then everyone's going to forget about you next year um, and because the, the new guy is – the next Bachelor is there. And, and boy, was I wrong about that. But yeah. everything else has been, it's been all right. Yeah. Um, one of the weird things, and I talked about this uh, with Casey and Jacqueline and Courtney, uh, was the location thing on your season of The Bachelor and the fact that – it's the only since your season. It's never happened. Were you guys? I'm not. I'm not counting Emily because they had to go to North Carolina to film her season. But every other season starts at the mansion, and there's usually two to three episodes. You guys start traveling immediately, you know, to Sonoma, and then San Francisco, then Utah. Obviously, they did that because you are you live up in San Francisco, and but. Did you know that going into your season that that was going to happen, or did you not find out until the first night cocktail party that oh by the way we're packing up and we're going right away? Yeah, I had an idea of where we were we were heading domestically um, early on. Okay, so you know, and I was super excited about that. Obviously, I mean, like this I, this is still my home, and they're still both my homes. Um, and and to be able to like share that early on with everyone, like be in my natural element. Uh, was was great. I really and it, you know it did it did wonders for for the town of Sonoma and and its exposure and all that kind of stuff. And I I think I I've got a proclamation from the town um, for like the increase in bump in tourism and hmm. it's amazing. Even today when I go back to Sonoma, how many people are walking? You know, if I'm walking around the square and they're like, hey, you know, like we remember you and a bunch of bunch, bunch of people. So at, you know, it's. It shed some new light on on the town and county of Sonoma. Not, I'm not saying like I, I changed tourism there, but yeah. it definitely it definitely bumped. Well, that's I mean that's cool that people still notice you because like you said, this is six this is six years ago. It's not like you were just last season or something like that. You know, it was a right. while back. But um, in San Francisco, there was a, a you know an incident that happened. An incident, but you know Chantel Newton shows up uh, at the cocktail party. Was another. Was that the ro- it was the cocktail party of the rose ceremony, and yeah. she shows up unannounced, um, walks through all the girls, and says, you know, essentially like, hey, you know, we had spoken off show, we kind of had something, so I wanted to come here and, and and meet you. When you saw her show up, number one, were you given any sort of hint or tipped off that she was coming? And number two, what was your first initial thought process? Uh, the answer is no. And, um, holy shit. I, it was sheer panic and, and terror. And I remember thinking to myself like, Oh, here's the production element. This is where they like start to start to mess with you a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember 
I remember not being very, very pleased with, with the whole situation. Oh, now was there, had you met, had you talked to Chantel? Had you met her or just spoken to her? Like DMing just spoken to her. Yeah. You know, like texts, uh, a few times that, that kind of thing. But yeah, it was very much, I had a, I had a huge thing for Chantel. She was kind of my crush when she was on, uh, yeah, she was fourth yeah, on Brad season. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was almost like the Jennifer Love Hewitt moment <laughs> with you. That was you with Chantel. Like you, okay. All right. Yeah. Had you reached out? So you reached out to her first. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, probably while my show was airing or, or not my show, Ashley's season was Ashley's airing. Ashley's season was airing. Okay. Wow. Okay. I didn't, re- okay. I, I, I knew that obviously there had been contact, but I didn't know how it came about, but okay. So, so I also knew, I also knew immediately that if I would let her stick around, that all of those girls would have just lost complete and utter respect for me immediately. And it just would have been a shit show. Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to add, that was going to be my next question was why not keep her around then if you were into her and that's, it was more looking out for the other girls. Yeah, it was just it was kind of out of it was out of respect to all the other women that had already shown up. Um, I, th- I thought it was the right move. So let's move on to. I mean, nothing major happened in Utah. Um, I don't think um, Samantha got sent home. Yeah, nothing major happens in Utah. But you guys leave the country. Well, technically, Puerto Rico is a U.S. property, so you go to yeah. Puerto Rico next, and that's probably the seminal moment of the season. Um, yeah. You and Courtney go skinny dipping. Um, explain the thought process behind this, because I'm just putting myself in the other girl's shoes. That if I if I had found out that that happened, and they've all said since then that no one had a clue that that happened during filming until it was over and the promo started airing for the season. If they would have known at that time, there would have been no way that they would have ever thought that you would have picked them, nor would they have wanted you to pick them. So for you. Did you do it because you knew at that point you were picking Courtney anyway? So like, look, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is the girl I'm gonna I want anyway. Or did you do it because you kind of weren't thinking that far ahead and you weren't thinking about any ramifications it could have? Yeah, I wasn't really thinking of the ramifications. I was like, all right, you're in Puerto Rico. Um, this beautiful woman wants to go skinny dipping with you. Any red blooded American male would say yes, right? You would you would think so. Yeah. And I just figured, you know, this is a it's a part of it. Let's just say yes. Let's let's roll to see what happens. Did you did you think that anybody would find out? Uh, I, I honestly, I don't think I thought that far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's understandable. You're just like I'm just going to go. You know, in the moment, you're just like, all right, I'll just I'll just do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. but you could see where once it aired, the girls would be pissed off, right? Yeah, totally. I I didn't think that far ahead. Okay, that was my B. That's on me. Yeah. Um, and but like you said, I I think that there's, I don't know. Uh, I, Courtney was the one that came to you. She came to your room. You know, later on, late at that night after, I think it was on a date after you had eliminated somebody, right? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, that might have been too detailed, but yeah, it I, it was it was at the end of a night of something. Either you yeah. had come back from a you would either come back from a group date or a one on one, and he she comes to your room and and that happens. Um, so you move, you you know, you're going through it. Uh, hometowns, your four girls are, are Casey and Nikki and Lindsay and Courtney. You go to Switzerland. Um, 
you know, really, I, I it seems like, and, and this is just me as an outsider, it seems like Courtney was pretty much your girl from the get-go. Not Maybe not from yeah. the get-go, but you, you knew that pretty early on that you were going to pick her, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I found her interesting. I thought that she had a, a you know, flexible schedule, interesting life. She, she supposedly was like traveling around and shooting, you know, modeling stuff. And that didn't turn out to be the case, but, um, but, but yeah, like that her, her lifestyle was interesting to me. And I, it's not to say that like, I didn't like Nikki and Casey and, um, you know, other, other women, but she seemed the most interesting in, in the moment. Now, the only other lead I've talked to was Deanna, and we had her on a couple weeks ago, and she said her first night she knew who her final four were, and she was never swaying from that, and that's her final four that it ended up being. Like she was, And she honestly didn't even have a, a number five or a number six that could even maybe push into that final four. Like She knew right away. What about you? Uh, when, totally. on, on your first night, did you know who those that Casey, Nikki, Lindsay, and Courtney yeah. were going to be your final four? 100%. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like there's just so many people there and you figure like, all right, these are, these are the girls. What? So it, what was it based on? It was just based on their looks or the your conversation. Cause there's so many conversations that night. You just, those four stuck out to you the most. Yeah. Just like first, yeah. First, first glance, um, first interaction. It, it really, it did. So, it's pretty. It's like wow. it's like it's like life, man. When, like when you're out and about and you meet someone, you go, "Oh, hey, you just piqued my interest." Oh, God, so Emily O'Brien's rap didn't do much for you, huh? Oh. Not so much. <laughs> I love her, man. It's so funny. Um, I I just I honestly I thought that was a great I thought that was a great intro, but you thought it sucked. Okay, no, I no, hear no, you. No, I didn't say it sucked. <laughs> I didn't say it sucked. Um, and, but yeah, no, okay, no, I, that's that's crazy. So that's two leads I've talked to, and both of them like immediately. Yep, th- those are the four. Like I knew it going through, and and as the lead, that's that's I, I would think that that is the toughest part of being the lead is you can't cut, you can't just after the first night just be like, can we just get straight to hometowns? Like I don't, you have to go on dates. I mean, you're contractually obligated to still put on a television yeah. show, and sure. I, how yeah. hard was that for you to do? That being said, right, whether you, you, you kind of know your, your the front four, you're hoping that like someone will surprise you along the way, right? And yeah. and as the as the lead, you know, in, in in my case, just trying to be the the most gentlemanly that I can be, aside from you know skinny dipping in Puerto Rico, but yeah. um, but but treating treating every woman with with respect and and giving them your your full undivided attention in, in those dates and making them you know feel feel wonderful. That's that's important obviously. Is there anyone from your season that you think you either let go early that maybe could have lasted longer or didn't give as much of a chance to or no? Huh? No, I was pretty, pretty satisfied with, with my, my choices towards the end. I always wonder what like Nikki's up to. I really thought Nikki was such a sweetheart and I like wish her nothing but the best. I remember, you know, a couple of years after the show, I like tried finding her on the internet, and I I couldn't find anything. So, thank you if you're listening. Big ups. Thanks for thanks for being a sweetheart. Yeah, no, it's funny. I think I spoke to Jacqueline about Nikki because she, Nikki is kind of a mystery girl because 
post show, that girl never got involved with quote unquote Bachelor Nation. Like never went to reunions. You never saw her showing up on Instagrams with everybody and hanging out and partying with everybody. Like she just literally one of the few people from this franchise that once the show ended, completely disappeared. Like gone. We never saw anything from. And um I asked Jacqueline about it, and Jacqueline said that, I mean, Nikki's married now. Um, I think she's still here in the Dallas area, but not much of a social media presence. Uh, yeah, she's just kind of, you just don't see that happen with people from this franchise. And um, yeah. she she definitely disappeared. Another one was, was you know, who we talked about earlier, Bentley. Bentley, like, once he was done with this season, gone. Just never hear from him again. Yeah. Um, but... The one girl I, I I asked Jacqueline about that. I, w- I wanted to see if your your answer matched up with Jacqueline. I asked Jacqueline when she left the show. Like she left in San Francisco, I believe. And I asked her when you left the show, who did you think uh, would get farther than they actually did? And her answer was Jennifer, the girl you had the one on one with in Utah. Apparently, oh. Jacqueline thought Jennifer was going to get to the final four. That was, she thought Jennifer was going to get to the final four. Yeah, she thought Jennifer when she left the show. She's like, I think Jennifer's going final four. That was her. That's what she told me. So that's why I asked you if there was. I thought was maybe thought maybe Jennifer was somebody that because I don't really remember. I don't really remember when you eliminated Jennifer. I know she got her one on one in Utah, uh, which was after San Francisco, but I think Puerto Rico or like yeah, it might Panama? have been. It, could, it was either Panama. Yeah, it was either Panama or Puerto Rico. Um, I don't think it was Puerto Rico. I don't think you eliminated her the the episode after you gave her a one on one. Although you could have, it's possible. Um, oh, you you know what I'm forgetting is Rachel. I feel like Rachel could, very much could have been like top four. She she was yeah. always kind of in the mix. She probably maybe could have gone further. And she was, and she I think she she was fifth, I believe. Like right, she was eliminated right before hometowns, if I'm not mistaken, in Belize, right. Or no, oh, I just, again, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. But, but, I, but I like. Rachel. I know more about your season than you do. I know. <laughs> I think Rachel. Um, I think for for like moments there, she had a hard time with the cameras, and it was hard for her to open up. But but I really I yeah. really enjoyed Rachel's company. She was she was great. I remember. Yeah, I think I remember now one of your one on one dates where it was really. I think that was one of your main topics with her was uh, it was just tough for her to open up and um, yeah, and it's not natural. I get it. Yeah. No. Um, so you get engaged in Switzerland. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get to the meat of the interview right now. Um, uh, right. I, I think this is when things got a little I don't know kind of kind of crazy between uh, you and Courtney. Um, there were talks of, of breakups. There were tabloid reports uh, of you being with yeah. other women while the show was airing. Even some compromising pictures of you. There's there's so much here and it obviously caused uh, uh, there was a strain on your relationship I, I talked to Courtney about it and she basically said that that seeing that stuff in the magazines hurt and um, there was a period where the show was airing where you guys didn't speak um, she claims you didn't reach out to her on Valentine's Day so uh, in your eyes when did you th- see things start going south between you two um, I would say probably after after episode three, um, after felt, it aired, after it aired, yeah, I felt pretty blindsided about the whole thing, and we broke up, right? And so, like, we weren't together, and so those all those photos and things that were taken of like, me being out and about, I you know I don't I don't think they were warranted, but I wasn't technically doing anything wrong because I wasn't engaged, I didn't have a girlfriend, and I didn't want anything to do with Courtney, um, oh. given her chance. So 
so that was that was really that was really difficult a difficult time for both of us and then we like kind of started you know chatting again and say hey you know maybe we can make this work and and there was the whole like after the final rose thing and um i just tried it's it's hard you i felt like the the franchise the the people that that cut the show produced the show like really didn't give us a fighting chance um because she was cast so negatively and i was like man I don't really want to be with someone like this. And, and I, I don't think that Courtney is, is that person. Right. And that was, that was yeah. the hardest to like stand by that person and like stick up for them. And you know, true colors came out much later, you know, with her, her, the book that was written for her and all that kind of stuff. So that, um, maybe, maybe, maybe I was right all along. I think, I think we all want to be with someone that our friends and family like. So, you kind of just said it, but the fact that Courtney was getting crucified on the show when it started airing in the media and being depicted as, you know, the quote unquote villain had to have uh, an effect on you. Um, did it have more of an effect that it should have? Like you knew Courtney off camera and the show is portraying her a certain way on camera. Do you think you should have stuck through it a little bit further? No, because I, you know, I think that like in the the months, the, the show wraps in November and yeah. you've got like a few months and things like that. And like a lot of the stuff that she had, had told me about her, her life, um, in like this exciting world of like traveling and modeling, like that stuff wasn't true. She like wasn't doing anything. And so for the majority of our relationship, um, she didn't really do anything. And, and I'm such a motivated type A person that like, I need to be with someone that's, that's equally kind of crushing. and. And mm. that coupled with the the negative image on the show and just like all the backlash and flack, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't need this. So the production aspect of it, I mean, they couldn't have been happy that you were caught, you know, you were out and you guys had uh, broken up and the pictures were getting out of you with, I mean, did you get in trouble for that? I mean, even if... There's no, there's nothing contractually that says you have to stay together and stuff like that. You're allowed to break up with whoever you want, but yeah. the fact that you were caught out and seen with, did did they say like, hey, you need to be a little more discreet? Like, did you get in trouble for that? Um, I don't think I got in trouble, but yeah, it was it was definitely frowned upon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then the, I mean, I remember I, the one part in the book that she said, um, actually was a good time for you guys was right after show started uh, stopped filming. Um, you had your college reunion in Arizona or was it high yeah. school? Yeah. Your college reunion. Yeah. Cause you went to U of A, you had your college reunion in Arizona and you guys had, you met up with her that weekend. You had a secret meeting that was yeah. not put together by producers. Um, right. so things were going good at some point, but it was, so you're saying it didn't start until the show started airing. Like you were guys were good through November, through Christmas, even beginning of January, yeah. everything was good. Yeah, super super stoked on the relationship. Was was really happy um, until the show started airing and everything just started coming crashing down. Yeah, and so then the after the final rose happens and it is tense. You guys are up there and they make you watch your proposal for the first time. And I think there were some uh, you know some tears shed. And I think that everybody sitting up there or everybody that was watching that night, including myself, were just like, okay, these two are never going to make. Even though you technically weren't broken up. Well, when did you get back together? Like when you showed up at the After the Final Rose, were you guys together or no? 
Yeah, we had been chatting for like a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, the, the problem is, is like, you know, the, the show's airing and we're not together. We're broken up. And then all this, like all these pictures surface and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I can't go on record and say that we're already broken up because the show's going on. So exactly. I just kind of had to keep my mouth shut. And I was like, well, shit, I look like an asshole. But the fact of the matter is, is that's not what happened. So we, I think we must've got kind of started chatting or got back together a couple weeks prior or to the, the airing or maybe even like the weekend. I don't, I honestly don't remember. But it, what, when you showed up on the after final rose, you were together. It's not like you were broken yeah. up and pretending you were together. Okay. And then try to make it work. Yeah. And you guys tried to make it work from there and you lasted technically lasted I think, until, until October, right? Yeah, September, October, something like that. And then you guys released a statement that, you know, it didn't work out between you two and you guys had broken up. In the end, ultimately, why do you think it didn't work out between you two? Um, I just think difference of lifestyles. There there was a lot there was a lot of damage done from from the early early on, from the get go really, of, of the, the show's airing. And then just compatibility in in life right i yeah uh, i was always frustrated that you know she told me that she was this working model and traveling and blah 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 and and that wasn't the case and so i that's you know it's something i was looking for when i got on the show i told all the producers like i want i would love to date a professional female someone that has a job kind of like emily o'brien right there you go you missed it (laughs) right um She's an epidemiologist. And, That's totally right up your alley. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- that that just that wasn't the case, and and I just didn't find myself intellectually stimulated. Afterwards, a couple things happened that I told Courtney weren't the greatest look for her, and um, I think she agreed, if I remember correctly. Um, first was the Ari stuff. Um, It wasn't more than a couple weeks after you guys broke up that Courtney is seen with Ari at dinner in Arizona. Picture surface, especially since the three of you had hung out previously. And I even remember specifically tweets going back and forth between you and Ari about, hey, great to meet you. What a great guy. And all of a sudden, two weeks after you break up with your fiance of a year almost. um, He's all over it. (laughs) He's all over it. So were you pissed or were you just over it at that point? Um, well, I mean, what was your thought when you saw the pictures mad? Yeah, I think I was probably mad. I was like, Hey man, I thought we were buddies, but, um, gosh, I haven't heard that name in a while either. (laughs) Ari, um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't close enough friend for me to be like, Oh man, you screwed me over. Yeah. It was just, you had met him. You had hung out with him. You thought he was a cool guy and then just he swooped. Yeah, pretty much. Um, then there's the book. I know you haven't read that thing from beginning to end. I have not. And there are so many. We could do two hours on the book itself. Um, but I think when you found out a book was coming out, um, I, I think Courtney said in the podcast to me that she had reached out to you and told you, like, hey, this is I'm doing this. What was your reaction to that? Um. Honestly, like I felt a little sad. I felt like it was a like a desperation move, and um, slightly arrogant. To be honest with you, like who puts out an autobiography or whatever you want to do, my life story at the ripe old age of 
30, you know, it's like, come on. It was, I found that kind of comical. Yeah. Um, were you, <laughs> is there anything, obviously stuff has been relayed to you, uh, from that book. I'm sure you've heard things that she wrote and stuff like that. Is there anything in particular that really, uh, got to you or something that was completely untrue that you would want to clear the air on? You know, I, I don't know enough about the book, um, okay. to be honest with you. Okay. To, well, okay. I'll tell you one thing. But, but, but like the one thing that really irked me was when she, when she brought my mom into the, into the story. Yeah. Um, because we all have families, we all have mothers and, and Courtney knows, you know, what goes on and what with her family too. Right. And for, for me, it was like, well, I could have retaliated and, and talked about the dysfunctionality in, in their family and blah, blah, blah. But I decided to keep my mouth shut, um, which I thought was the right thing to do at the time. And so for her to attack my mom was, was, was pretty fucked up. Yeah. I think, um, there was, uh, the mother talk was, was something that was a lot of the last third of the book. Um, she just didn't have a good relationship with her mom. Cause she felt like her mom, yeah, he, she felt her, your mom just didn't like her from the get go. And she never was going to win. And it put a strain on your relationship, but she had a great relationship with your sister. And apparently still said, like, even when I did the podcast with her, she's like, I love Ben's sister. I just never got along with his mom. His mom prejudged me. And that caused a strain on our relationship. Agree or no? Um, I wouldn't completely disagree with that statement. No. Okay. Um, I, th- I think she was right. And it was, you know, it's, it's hard for, you know, a woman of my mom's generation to, to, to support, a relationship after probably watching a few of those episodes and, and wondering, you know, who is, who's the real person here. Um, you got to cut a cutter, a little bit of slack, um, given, given the, the amount of pressure that, that she was going through too, right? Like in a little small town of Sonoma and her son picks this evil villainess and, you know, people snickering behind their backs and that kind of thing. So naturally my mom would have uh, a reaction like that. Yeah. Um, one other thing that Courtney said in her book that I always found to be interesting, and her and I discussed this, was she said that you never saw her place in the year that you were together. You never came and saw her. What? That's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Somebody's lying. <laughs> she said you never saw her place. Well, that's not true at all. Okay. Um many times. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she made it seem like every time you guys – saw each other post-show, it was her having to come up to San Francisco. She definitely came up here more. Yeah. Uh, I, I was down there, but, you know, I have a dog, and it's just a little harder to kind of manage. And I also had, a, like, a thriving business and winery, and she wasn't doing anything. So give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I get, we could go on forever about the book and the relationship, but it, to, to summarize it, if there was one thing that maybe you could change or – how you handle the relationship is what would it be? Um, gosh, it's, it's hard because it was such a dysfunctional situation, right? You, the, the show and the, in the production and, and the editing and all that kind of stuff really just, just doomed us from the start. It's hard for, for it's relationships are tough as you know, and like yeah. alone being splashed everywhere. Um, I probably could have handled myself better during, during our, our breakup while the show was airing. Um, I could have, not probably I could have. And, um, 
I don't know. Other than that, I'm still pretty young, you know, didn't really, I hadn't had a lot of serious long-term relationships at that point. Yeah. So, and still, still learning, buddy. Yeah. I mean, talk, just talk about being a public couple from this franchise. Like, like you said, it's hard enough to date as it is, but especially now in the advent of social media to where, um, if you and Courtney are out, you know, walking around wherever, San Francisco or Santa Monica, wherever it may be, and, you know, just having to deal with paparazzi taking pictures. And Courtney was a lightning rod back then. I mean, it was just yeah. everything she did was, I mean, she even said in her podcast and on the book that, uh, and in the book, she said the whole thing with the wedding dress. She, that was basically an F you to the paparazzi when she went wedding dress shopping the day that the pictures got released and, or something along those lines. And it was just, I, I gotta, I got to think that it had to have hurt a little bit uh, to just deal with that in the public eye and just kind of talk about how hard it is to be a couple once you get off this show and then you have to have three months because you still can't go public with your relationship until the finale airs and then the finale airs and you get thrown into a regular dating. Talk about how it is and how difficult it is. Um, Yeah. I mean, nothing can prepare you for it uh, and it, you know I, my heart went out to Courtney during during that that time I mean she just got she got absolutely thrown through the ringer um, and, and it wasn't it wasn't fair right it, it really kind of messed with with her well-being too yeah and, and rightfully so and I don't know dude did being having having touched fame for uh, a hot minute uh, it's not something I aspired to do ever again or be a part of yeah it was fun. Uh, you know, there's some crazy stories and met some fun people along the way, but it's, um, dude, it's, it's not a, not a balance that, that I, that I want a part of my life anymore. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, it seems to be, it's not, it's not easy. And it's something that was discussed in that what Courtney did on the show. Um, it was just, because some people think Courtney was hilarious on the show and it was just, it was, she didn't really do anything in the way a villain is described on this show. Yes. She was the villain of your season, but in terms of what she did, I mean, maybe outside of the skinny dipping part, um, all she did was make a bunch of sarcastic, witty, smart ass comments in her ITMs. I mean, really, what did she do? I don't, I mean, yeah. Is having, is having a good sense of humor, a crime. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I thought she was funny. Yeah, and there were plenty of people on this that watched the season, but the average, you know, middle America housewife, oh no, she, it's like you can't say anything bad about anybody on this show. And Courtney was just critical of the other girls and was very confident and cocky. And the way that comes across on this show is just never going to win over a lot of, you know, the audience. But did she do anything horrible? No, not at all. Like, so it was just, it was just more funny and, she was the confident, cocky one. So anyway, um, but I really appreciate you uh, doing that on the Courtney stuff. Uh, just getting into that and spending a good 20 minutes on that. I want to talk about yeah. some post-show stuff for you. Um, tell us what you are involved in now, because the winery stuff, I I want to say you're still involved in wines, but not what you were doing before. Tell us what you're involved in now. Yeah, the the old winery we were uh, we sold um, a number of years ago. We sold all the brands and, and everything. Um and 
these days I, uh, I'm still in beverage. I'm making, uh, I'm making a local fernet in San Francisco. I'm importing some vodka from the Ukraine and I've got a, a new wine label, uh, where I'm, I'm just making rosé, you know, the fashionable fun rosé in large formats, the brand called Ion. Okay. And, um, it's just available in, in California now, but it's nice to be in and around beverage. And I took my first real job, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for the better part of well over a decade. And, um, I work for Yelp. I uh, have a I have a full time real job. Oh, I didn't know you worked for Yelp. When did this start? Uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's oh. it's just like so. I run the like the field marketing here in San Francisco. It's a it's a great gig. I I was in a I'm just newly out of a relationship again. So I'm I'm single yet again, my man. Oh, uh, whoa. Okay, that was my next because yeah. I knew you were with somebody and I'd seen pictures and I followed you on. On uh, on Twitter and stuff, I had seen pictures, but then I was like, when I was doing some research for this, I was like, I haven't seen any pictures recently. That's never a good sign. Um, and you guys were that was well over a year. You guys were together, right? Three and a half, man. And that's why you know, like, I got the real job. I was like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to kind of like settle down and, and and do that thing. And she's a sweetheart. We just um, we just weren't right for each other for the long haul. And and we're we're still cordial and it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing. Stone end unless they end badly kind of thing. It, it ended, it ended all right. Okay. Uh, was it a mutual thing or did one put their foot down first? Um, yeah, I don't need to comment on okay. that. It's just, we'll just leave it as is for out of respect to her. Was um, it, was this recent, like within the last month or so it had to have been somewhat recent or yeah, about three months ago. Okay. Three months. All right. Yeah. I, I knew I had to ask you about it, but I was like, I thought I thought you were still with her, but then when I started looking, I was like, I maybe he's not, and I guess I'll find out in the interview, and, and we have. But I mean, at least it's you know, it was cordial. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't like, a horrible like breakup. No, no. Like you, you, you live together, you share this space together in this world and everything. So it's very much been this this separation and divorce. It's crazy. Yeah, and plus three and a half years. I mean, that's that's never fun. That's tough. Uh, no, so sorry about that. Um, uh, you are. Do you still watch the show on occasion? I don't, man. I I watch like Here maybe the first half of the first episode, the premiere, and that's about it. I I love Limo Night, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I love I love seeing my boy Chris Harrison still look good. Um, that's my that's that's about it. <laughs> uh, give us one good behind the scenes story from with the guys from filming the Bachelorette that we never saw. Um, behind the scenes, like whether it was you guys doing something wacky in Thailand or, well, you know what, it's, you know, what's funny, this one memory always stands out to me is, you know, when you, when you go on the show, you have to get this, um, like full screen, like SCE checks and all this kind of stuff, right? You, yeah. you, you, you probably already know that. And like the first night when all the guys show up. Um, it's like, Oh yeah, pass the SD check. And there's just a bunch of high fives and you know, that, that kind of thing. I thought it was, it was pretty, pretty bro-tastic, but that always, that always makes me laugh. It's like, welcome dude, STD free. <laughs> I thought that was funny. All right. Let's, uh, I know you're on a time crunch here. Let's wrap this up with the, uh, what I call the rapid 10 where I've got 10 random questions. Some are show related, some are personal related, but, um, uh, we'll just start with these and give the answer that you feel necessary. Question number one, you're a huge Giants and Niners fan, having uh, lived in San Francisco. If yeah. you had to narrow it down to one, your favorite all-time player from each team? 
Ooh. Um, favorite giant of all time. It's gotta be <sighs> Richard really is way up there. Mm. I mean, there's so, there's so many, we've had so many great titles. <laughs> as of late. Well, I mean, Buster's probably arguably the greatest giant of all time, given yeah. all of his titles. So I'm going to go Buster Posey. Okay. Um, out of respect for all of his, his acclaim. And, um, Niners, it's obviously not Colin Kaepernick anymore. Joe, Joe Montana is the Joe Montana is the easy, easy choice there. He's such a stud and a good part of this, this San Francisco community too. Yeah. Um, okay. Question number two. Besides, besides your own in the past, name some of your favorite wines. Oh, favorite wines. Yeah. Well, you know, the producers. I guess regions. I drink a lot of Burgundy. So any um, Grand Cru Chablis. Pouligny, Chassonnier, Montrachets. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, any, anything from Burgundy, man. Clos du Bougeau, Rancou. Uh, no, this is Chinese to me. I'm a white I'm wine just, drinker. I'm, so. just, I'm just like, I only speak wine label French. That's all I got. Okay. I hear you. Uh, question number three. Favorite place you went to on either of your seasons, Bachelor or Bachelorette? Um, Thailand was my favorite. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, for sure. They're interesting because um, you guys, obviously your finale for Bachelor was filmed in Switzerland, and this is the first time they've been back to Switzerland. Um, this past Monday's episode, Rachel was actually in, they were in Geneva. Were you guys, when you went to Switzerland, where were you guys? What city were you in? Primarily Zermatt. Zermatt. Like oh, that's the, right. Okay. Based Matterhorn, in and, in and around that area. Yeah. And I, I, I've been to Switzerland like five or six times in, in Europe many, many times. But the uh, that's why I think Southeast Asia was was amazing. Hong Kong was pretty legit, too. But I think like the at the time, that first stop in Thailand and there was a bunch of guys and everyone just like, you know, farting around in the ocean and that kind of thing. It was it was really fun. Yeah. Rachel is in uh, this past episode right before Hometowns was in Geneva. And then she's got Hometowns next week. So um, question number four. You are a U of A grad, so do you know the Bear Down fight song? Bear Down Arizona, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you know all the words. Bear Down Arizona, Bear Down Red, Red and, and blue. blue. I got it all. Yeah. I knew. Okay. I knew. I those are the only two lines I know. But I okay. That's good. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Question number five. Uh, of all the stories that came out about you in the tabloids is there one that sticks out as when you saw it like literally most ridiculous thing you've ever read like when you read it you you couldn't believe someone printed that um well the cheating stuff was pretty bad that pissed me off because it wasn't technically cheating and i actually never really hooked up with anyone for the record okay um those pictures were all just you know embraces and things like that but that one, and then um, like some of the Chris Jenner stuff was pretty pretty funny and amusing. That oh was, wait, a, oh that's right, I totally forgot about that. That was a time you guys hung out. You hung out with the the Jenner and the Kardashian clan. Kardashians, yeah, yeah. And that oh that's right. There were reports that said you were dating Chris Jenner. So you're saying that weren't those weren't true? No, we weren't dating. We had uh, I was working on some some potential business ventures and some products with with the fam and, and that kind of thing. So okay. but. I, I, what I like, I had so much fun with, with them. They're they're actually quite nice. I don't, you know, I'll stick up for them. Um, Kim was always super sweet, and 
Kanye was Kanye was rad. It was it was such a dude. It's so weird that like some little some guy from Sonoma ends up on like private jets with with Kanye and the, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, no, I mean that's got to be just a trip. Like it's seriously, trip. that's that's okay. Yeah, that's um. God, we could have done we could have done a whole another ten minutes on that. I totally blanked on that, but at least you brought it up. Um, question number six: What is your favorite San Francisco landmark? Uh, my favorite landmark is probably, I mean, it's hard not to say the Golden Gate, but the Palace of Fine Arts is so, Palace of Fine Arts or Legion of Honor are probably my favorites. Okay. Um, I've only been to San Francisco, two, I think, two or three times, but it was a long time ago. Like, Pretty I, city. Yeah, I, I, I know tower. we had... Um, Fisherman's Wharf is somewhere I've hung out with. I did go to the old candlestick uh, for a giant game oh, long time ago. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Question number seven. If you weren't in the wine business, what's one thing that you think you would be doing right now? Uh, like, well, if you, like, if, like, well, obviously wine was a huge part of your life. Maybe I rephrased the question to, is there something that you always wanted to be when you were a kid growing up? Um, airline pilot. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love flying. A bunch of my friends have have planes down here, and so I'm up in the air a lot with them. Do you think you'd ever go get a pilot's license to do smaller? Yeah, I've logged, I've logged X amount of hours. I'm I'm on. I'm slowly making my way. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite fun. It just it requires a ton of time that I don't have. Yeah, no, I hear you. At the moment, at the moment. Uh, question number eight. Being a Giants fan and a U of A alum, who do you hate more, the Dodgers or Arizona State? Um, Arizona State, without question. <laughs> really? Oh my! Yeah. I, every you know, Giant they, fan hates the Dodgers. Like, with yeah, passion. I, I very much dislike the Dodgers, but like, I, I also respect them and their and their fan base for for what they are. Like, I I despise the Arizona Diamondbacks and like the Anaheim Angels and these like transient crappy fan base teams more so than the Dodgers. Wow. ASU fans react. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and the, and the Anaheim angels, they, they took our, our world series title in 2002. They're probably my least favorite team. Really? Okay. Well, how did they take it? What's his face? Couldn't pitch that. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dusty, ba- Dusty Baker made some horrible suspect, moves. Suspect yeah. Moves, but. Yeah. But hell you won three in five years. Like you have nothing to complain yeah. about now. Um, but yeah, at the time from, Oh, whenever angels won it, Oh two or something. Till you guys went on your run, yeah, I probably would have been bitter at that too. Eight um, years ago. Um, question number nine: What was the drunkest you ever were on either season, Bachelor or Bachelorette? Do you remember a moment or a night where you? Were um, I didn't drink a ton, man. Like especially on, on Bachelor, I, I tried to, I tried to maintain uh, non hangover because you, you know that was work, dude. That's a job. Yeah. And uh, Bachelorette, probably probably some evenings in Hong Kong out eating Szechuan, okay. where the food was so spicy. I'm pretty sure we ordered. Oh, you know what? We did we did Thailand and Hong Kong. We got pretty 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 messed up. <laughs> okay. That's, they they gave they all the boys handed me the uh, the wine menu, and all the, all the producers weren't at one of our dinners, and I think I ordered like five or six thousand dollars worth of Bordeaux. And um, whoa. I got scolded the next morning. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, we're, 
like ship us home? Yeah, exactly. What are they going to do? Like, um, it's not a violation of the contract to run up a bill. I don't think. Yeah. Um, okay. Question number 10. This is what I call explain your tweet where I kind of go through your Twitter account. And I find a tweet that oh. I want you to explain or talk about. You didn't really have too many, um, that were, you know, there's, there wasn't anything where you threw shade in anything or anything like that. But I found one on March 1st of last year, you tweeted, I still can't believe I ever did this shit. It's amazing. Hashtag the bachelor. We kind of <laughs> talked, we've kind of talked about it with everything that you said, like the Jennifer, that just how weird the Jennifer Love Hewitt thing came about the hanging out with the Jenners and Kanye and Kim and all that stuff. Like, is there a part of you? I, I I guarantee your answer. You definitely don't regret this, do you? Being a part no, no, of no, all this, no, not at all, no way. So I, I think it's I think it's just when when if and when you know I, I am watching an episode or like flip through and it's like there or something and I see these people on there. I just I, I legitimately can't believe that that it's a part of my life. It's been so long, and I don't know like the, the human psyche or like car, uh, compartmentalized that that period where I, I don't I just choose not to remember I don't know what it is but it's it's unbelievable to me and it's it's pure pure comedy and I think it's it's such a well-produced television show that yeah it's like you just you tip your hat and you go oh, I just can't believe I did that shit well and and the fact that we're you know, Rachel's season is the 34th season they've had 21 bachelors 13 wow. bachelorettes Three bachelor pad seasons, four this summer will be four bachelor in paradise. It's like you know these people. Like you said, you've made friends with the producers. Like, when is this shit ending? Like, granted, I don't want it to end anytime soon because then I'm, you know, fresh out of stuff to talk about. But uh, have they ever hinted to you or just in conversation, like, what's their goal in all this? Because this could literally go on forever. It's very, doesn't cost a lot to make. And everything is basically done on trade to go to all these places and cities and have all these crazy ass dates. Um, any any know. sense? Like, what? I, I don't think I don't think it's that cheap of a production, though, right? You've got you've got people that have been there for a while that are probably doing very well for themselves, and um, you're traveling with a big team, you know, big network show, a couple hundred people involved. Um, I, I you know, who knows? Who knows how long this thing will go on? It seems like it keeps churning out people who are making careers out of it and good on you for that. But yeah, I don't know. It's a whole, it's a whole different world now. I mean, it's definitely taken off. Instagram wasn't a thing on your season. Twitter has just kind of getting started. I remember some of your, you know, dates got spoiled on Twitter. The, you know, the, the yeah. skiing in San Francisco got spoiled as it was happening. And, um, I think, a, a, a date in Puerto Rico, I remember getting pictures of and, um, but yeah, it just, now it's social media has completely changed the way this show is done. So, um, Ben, I know you got to run, um, but thank you so much for doing this, especially talking about some stuff that, you know, isn't relevant now, but five, six years ago, it was like the, the talk of everything. It was on everybody's mind. So I, I wanted to talk to you about it and get your thoughts years later. And, um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thank you very much for doing this and, uh, good luck with everything in the future. No problem, Steve. Thanks, buddy. You got it, man. Have a good one. You too. Thanks to Ben for that. Um, we were on a little bit of a time crunch. That's why that was a little bit over an hour. Um, but I definitely wanted to uh, interview him. Obviously, I'd love to interview every former lead of this show. Um, feelers have been put out, I will say that, uh, for pretty much every single one of them. So 
either they're going to show up on the show at some point or they're not. And I'm fine with it. Uh, Ben, um, I I spoke to Ben, I want to say, four or five years ago. We had an email conversation that turned into a phone conversation one time because um, I wanted to talk about things with him. And he's always been cool to me, uh, you know, occasional direct message here and there uh, over the last five years or whatever. But, you know, uh, I could tell that he was uncomfortable talking about certain things and, you know, obviously didn't remember a lot of things just because it was it was long ago. But as I said at the end of the interview, it's like at the time that was a huge deal. You know, it just was him and Courtney and everything that was going on, the breakup, the tabloid reports, the tabloid pictures. Uh, it had to be tough. And I could tell that, you know, he just – it just, you know, you heard Courtney's podcast, you listen to Ben's, and it's just, it's obviously two side. Everyone's got their side to uh, every story. So it's just a matter of, I, I want these people to come on and and just give their reality to you guys and let you know what they were feeling, what they were thinking at the time. And maybe six years later and six years removed, some people don't remember how exactly they felt and stuff like that. But I thought Ben was honest with everything that he said. And, um, Sure, it might not have been positive towards Courtney, and um, I don't know if Courtney will ever listen. Uh, I have no idea, but it doesn't change the fact that I had Courtney on, I had Ben on. I'm not going to pit them against each other and be like, okay, Courtney, you come back on and talk about what Ben said about you. Like, It's it's not about that. It's just about each one will have their, you know, not even their say. I wanted to talk about other things with Ben. So um, I thought he did a good job and was very – uh, open with with some of the stuff uh, regarding the relationship with Courtney. So I appreciate him uh, doing that. So thank you once again to all of you for tuning in. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, over 4 million downloads since we started this last December. It's crazy to me. Um, but I appreciate it, and I thank you all. If you want to, please uh, rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. That certainly helps the podcast. Um that would be greatly appreciated. So that will be it for podcast number 34. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks again to Ben Flanick uh, for coming on and, and doing that for us next week. We are back with another podcast. Don't know who it is yet, but I will keep you updated. So until then, I will talk to you later. See you.